Welcome to this Thursday evening meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. This evening's message is by Paul Abel. Your father has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he's come back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving. Never disobeyed your orders. You never even gave a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead, now he is alive again. He was lost, and now he is found. I know we know that really well. But look at what the father does when the son comes home. I feel like we're taking off now. Kills the fatted calf. He's so excited. He's so delighted. He's so extravagant. What he does is so unnecessary. <laughs> what he does is so generous. Because the son has come home. The The person that he wants to be in the house is back in the house. I don't know how the Lord's going to lead us in prayer tonight, but I know that the Father's heart has not changed. And when someone begins that turning around, that journey back from the pigsty, wherever their life has got to, I know that the Father is there watching. We get hat up in the words and having to say the right prayer and, you know, have they said the sinner's prayer? And there's value in all those things. But really what God's looking for is the heart. He's not looking on an outward appearance or even outward words, actually. He's looking for the heart. And uh, when that road hit, when that boy, when that son, when that young man hit the end of the road that the father was looking down, it was a long road, it ran through the village, He knew the son had already repented from the father's point of view. And he ran down the road to meet him. And he did repent with words, but as soon as he tried to deny his sonship, the father was in there saying, no, you're my child. You may have spent your inheritance. You may have wasted what I've given you. You may have gone off and done your own thing and dishonored the entire family which he had. You may have made my reputation worse because he had. And the father had just made it even worse running down the road in that culture. As you've heard me say before, a Middle Eastern man should not have been running down the road to greet his son. He shouldn't have even acknowledged his presence according to how he was expected to be treated. 
But instead, the father runs down the road and hugs him in front of everyone. He doesn't care. He doesn't care for the, his reputation because he's restoring the sons. And the father in heaven is like that all the time. Funny how often we try and protect his reputation when actually he doesn't really care about his. He's more concerned to restore us to a place where our reputation with him is one of righteousness and holiness. It's just that incredible, outrageous, extravagant grace that says, come home, I'm waiting. I've done everything possible to enable you to come home. And theologians like to speculate, you know, this parable, is it to the, who's it to? And the answer is, it's to anyone that reads it. That's what it's there for. It doesn't matter whether it's for a Jew, for a Gentile, for a fallen Christian, for an unfallen Christian, whatever. It's yes, that's the answer. It is. It's for anyone who at any point returns to God. Because the whole huge story of the Old Testament and the New Testament across the whole Bible is a relationship that was broken with humankind in the garden, that was restored in Jesus that we would live and work out the rest of that together until Jesus comes back again. And we're in that working out together. Co-labor, as Paul calls us, a ministry of reconciliation, he says, that we have to reach out to a world that doesn't know him, often thinks they don't want to know him, can be incredibly disrespectful to who he is, but the Father's not worried about his reputation. He's worried about where they are. Concerned for where they're at. That they could come back into the household and celebrate. And so I think often our response as the church is is to be the older son, but not to be the older son saying, I'm not going to join the party. It's just to join the party and enjoy what God is doing. What's God doing in Scarborough right now? I know for one thing, he's not just working in this building. Though praise God he is. He's everywhere in this town with any person that will respond to him saying, be like my son in this world so that people can see who I am. So that if they begin to turn, you run down the street and throw your arms around them so they know that the Father loves them. So that they can genuinely come to understand the love that Jesus has for them. So, however the Spirit leads us tonight, as we pray, it is that prayer for the people of this town. It is that prayer, like Claire was saying, this, this is my... This is my dissertation here. You know, all this stuff. But all it really says is Jesus loves you. (laughs) All 237 pages of it. But my key verse of all of it, somewhere near the beginning, look. (laughs) See, lots of text. It's only single-sided though, so it's a bit cheating. And Richard would tell me off for wasting paper. But I bought it. (laughs) It's that one. 
Jesus talking to his people. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. And I missed the verse out because it's a dissertation. You always do that. (laughs) In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. Sorry, Claire, I messed your copy up now. That you're go- She's going to proofread that for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's the single-sided one. But all those words there, they all, they're, all, they're all about us as a church and how discovering the Trinity and learning about the Trinity is, is, is enabling us to be more of a community together and a community that looks out. In fact, a community that looks to God, to one another and, and out of our community is the conclusion that's come from all those questionnaires and the focus groups and the study that I did and all the reading and everything else. But it's time to pray for those sons to return. Maybe some of them will be those that have once knew him in all the excitement of being a Christian. But there's an awful lot out there. Jesus didn't just die for Christians. Jesus died for the world, to restore the world. And in that sense, God looks out on the world. And whenever they come back, whenever there's a turn, whenever he can see repentance, whenever he can see a heart change, he's there. But he's asked us to do that, to be those that run. And don't get jealous because God seems to have given them so much in such a short space of time. What we want to see is people that get so much from God in such a short space of time, isn't it? We'll think it took me 32 years to get that healing, and you've taken 32 days, 32 minutes. <laughs> that they grasp really quickly that their father is their provider, and they just suddenly seem to have all their needs met. And you think, it took me years to learn that. I've been slaving in these fields. Well, one of the reasons we've slaved in the fields is so that they don't need to. That they can walk into that inheritance. I mean, God will call them to work. But they haven't got to make the breakthrough where we've made a breakthrough. If they come into the presence of God and learn how to worship right there in encounter straight away, that's not a, that took me years, that's, a, oh, that's amazing. And we'll look at some people and think, there's so much still for God to do. And God's looking at us and thinking, there's so much still for... But we will, because we're human beings. We try not to, but there will be times when you, you think, wow, how can God bless them so much? Because that's who he is. But they're doing this, and they're doing this, and they're doing this, and God says, but you're doing this, and you're doing this, and you're doing this. And God will bring everything into his order. The Holy Spirit will move Honest, not just to make us excited and anointed, but also to bring us to repentance. Amen. 
You know, when we pray for the fire of God to fall, the fire comes to burn up unrighteousness. (laughs) Not just to make us hot. (laughs) Or for it to be pretty. It burns away because it's the sin that causes all the problems. And so, yeah, there's going to be many people. I'm warning you now. There'll be many that come and will think, should they even be here? Yes, they should. Will there be things that God needs to do in their lives? Yes, there will. As God still needs to do things in us. Sometimes the worst judge, judges are those who are judging what someone else has done, is doing that you've been set free from. For example, if, you're a, if you used to be a gossip, and by the grace of God you're free from that, when you then see someone who is gossiping, it's very easy to get very critical. It's a little bit of fear. I don't want to be drawn back into that. But instead of being like the son, look what, look what they did. Look what he did with all the prostitutes. It's, they're here. Let's celebrate. They didn't have a party forevermore. The son did get back to work. He'd have had to go and work in the fields again, no doubt. But let's celebrate. When they come home, let's pray that they come home and let's pray for us as a church that we can be so full of the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, that people coming will not be rejected because there's just too much wrong. Most people today are so far away from living a life how God would have them live it that when they come into the kingdom, there's likely to still be lots of things that God's going to deal with in their lives as it goes on. There was in us, but you didn't notice them so much. And what we're used to is people coming in that are basically living a fairly reasonable Christian life because that was what the culture used to be. But it isn't anymore. When I was a boy, most people didn't go to church But it was a real shock as a teenager if you thought two under-16s were sleeping with each other. In schools today, it wouldn't register. I remember one girl at 15 getting pregnant. And... In our innocence of 16 and 15 year olds, it was like, how did that happen? Because that genuinely was how you felt. Well, how did they do that? It just didn't come into it. It just wasn't the culture. When I was um, working in schools uh, around the year 2000, well, actually also in the church, we were doing some stuff on families and bringing up children and all that kind of thing. I showed some of the parents some of the sex education films that were being used in primary school. And in, in those sex education videos that was to 10 and 11-year-olds, the 10 and 11-year-olds were asking, when should you first have sex in the TV program? And the answer was, 
when it feels right for you. You shouldn't do it too quickly. Because they couldn't say no, because that would have been judgmental. And that would have made anybody that did, when they were a bit older, feel bad. And we entered into that culture of not being able to say, you don't want to do that. That is wrong. And that's the culture we live in. And that's the culture. If you think that was being taught to them uh, nearly 20 years ago, so those people now are in their late 20s and early 30s. With all the knock-on effects that it has. And when those people come into the kingdom and they've had multiple partners and children by different partners and they still haven't really grasped the concept of what marriage is from a Christian point of view, what is our... Do we stand outside and judge and say they shouldn't be in the party yet? They haven't got plain. They're not, they're not sorted. Or do we rejoice that they come home? And I think that's how we need to pray as a church. Because then the other, the other side of that is that we don't then just compromise and say, sin's fine, <laughs> doesn't matter. It mattered so much that Jesus had to die. The cost of it is horrific. But it's not just the cost of Jesus, it's all the subsequent consequences that occur in people's lives. People are surprised that when we live in a world like we live in right now, that we have such an epidemic of mental health issues and health. We we know from what we've discovered that a lot of that is rooted in loneliness and disconnection. But it's also just we're in so much, so many people are living a life that's not living according to the, the maker's manual. And it starts to break when you don't follow the maker's instructions. So, Father, we pray that we would be Waiting like the older brother, working like the older brother, but never resentful that we've been working in the fields. That, Father, our hearts would be as soft as the Father's, that we too would be running down the streets to greet those who are returning. Father, soften our hearts. Cause us, as we come into your presence this evening, Cause us to be more and more like you. Father, that judgment would be far removed from our hearts and we would just have a desire to see people encounter you. Father, that we would do what we are called to do and we would let you do what you are called to do. Thank you, Jesus, that we would operate in this ministry of reconciliation, of seeing people reconciled to God and to one another. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Shall we stand? Let's just pray for a minute. Maybe the guys that are doing the worship come up. Just be ready. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
just read those words again that really my whole dissertation is based on. I'll read just a little bit around it. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how could it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people hide a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray into that. Just supposed to pray that this place would be that town on a hill, that city on a hill. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, come. Father, come. Change us, Father. Let us be that bright light on a, on a hill, Father. A, a, a light that everybody knows they can go towards. A, late, a light that's known as a safe place. Father, we thank you for the reputation that this building has, that these people have as a safe place. But Father, we pray for expansion of that more and more and more, that it would be known that Jesus is in this house. Hallelujah. That it would be a bright beacon just shining out over Scarborough. Thank you, Jesus. As it says here, people don't light a lamp and put it under a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. Father, we pray that the light from this house would shine into this community upon everyone, not just the saved, but everybody, Father, will fall under the light of God, be inspired by the light of God, be restored by the light of God, that the light of God that shines in this place, Father, as people love you, as people worship you, as people honor you, as people glorify Glorify your name as people make a difference in their communities. Father, as the street angels go on the streets, as the community angels go into homes, as the youth angels meet with the young people, as the safe haven keeps people safe, as the cavern club gathers people here for, to be safe and welcome, as, 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 as youth club is here to bring people into the safe place, as Friday club helps children to feel loved and accepted and shows families the right way, as the various little builders groups Welcome families and honor families and show them, may their light shine into their lives, Father. And Father, outside of all these activities and more, Father, in our homes, in our homes, in the streets, Father, may the house churches be beacons around this town. Father, may a lighthouse here, but strong beacons of light where every house church gather, where every house church are together, Father. May there be power, may there be light, may there be love, may there be joy, may there be passion that spills out, Father, into the communities around them. Hallelujah. Father, we pray that every house church has the problem of we haven't got enough space. Father, we pray that there would be many more house churches just have to be beginning, have to be starting because of people that want to gather locally. Hallelujah. To worship you, to meet with you, to pray, to have a good time, to celebrate, to share meals together, to have communion, all these things, to study the word. (coughs) Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, Father. We pray in the house churches, Father, there will be people looking down the street and as someone turns, the group would run to those people and say, welcome, welcome, hallelujah, welcome home. Let's kill the fatted calf and celebrate. You've come home. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just pray now in English, in tongues, whatever you've got. Just pray on your heart. Pray into this whole thing of being the light. Hallelujah. Being the city set on a hill, a community set on a hill. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to worship in a minute, but tonight as we go into the holy place and the most holy place, as we encounter the Father, let's remember we're intercessors. Hallelujah. Let me just show you what's going to be happening tonight. For a minute. If you could just stand there. Hannah, would you, can I borrow you for a second? I know it's not your most favorite thing. but <laughs> Hallelujah. If you just stand there. Okay, now I want you to imagine that, that Hannah is somebody in Scarborough. That's very easy because she is. <laughs> Okay, and she doesn't know God, or maybe she's backslidden, or, or whatever. She just doesn't know. This is God. Okay? But she doesn't know he's there. And what God calls us is intercessors. Everyone is an intercessor. It means somebody who prays. But it literally means somebody who stands in the gap. And what we do is... We reach out to the people that don't yet know God because she can see me. And we do this physically and we also do it in prayer. And we're already holding on to God. So we stand in the gap so that this person can have that encounter with God. And when they've had the encounter with God, we just get out the way. But in the meantime, we're bringing them together in prayer and we're bringing them together, maybe even physically, when we're actually talking to somebody. All right, and when we go into worship in a minute, maybe you've got a few people, family, friends, people in your street, people you've met today, or just a name that suddenly... I sometimes find I just get names in prayer and I just pray for them. I could be making it up or it could be the Holy Spirit. It doesn't really matter. I'm bringing somebody... I always think to go to, to, in this gap, I'm bringing them together so that they can encounter God for themselves. You remember with um, Fototini, the woman by the well? I've got to get her in nearly every time, haven't I? But when the people, towards the end of that encounter, they said, I'm, I'm Fototini in this example. <laughs> um, but the woman by the well, what they say to her, now we believe because we've heard from Jesus before we believed when we'd heard you. And what we want people is, as we tell them about Jesus, he's amazing. All right? They start to believe because of our words, but then as we pray, they start to hear from God themselves. And then they believe because they've heard from God. But notice that in that story, they first believed because of what she had said. And they came and they found out. They said, now we believe because we've heard the word from Jesus himself. And that's where we want everybody to be. That again is like the 
It's like the church realizing our position. It's not being the older son. Well, I brought them, so I'm going to stand here. Look how terrible this is. It's great to begin with. If we don't get out of the way, they don't encounter God. And of course, then they reach out to others, straight from that encounter. And actually, our friendship would be even better, because she's now friends with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. I know that's simple, but sometimes when we come to worship, there's different ways we go in. And I just felt the Lord saying to me tonight, bring some people with you. In the Spirit, bring them with you. Be aware that as you worship Him tonight, as you just tell Him how amazing He is, as you praise Jesus, as you sing hallelujah, as you shout amen, whatever, actually you're standing and you're reaching out, not just to one person, but a lot of others in the Spirit. Let them, there'll be different people come to mind as we're worshipping. Normally you might think, oh, I need to shut that out and focus on Jesus. Tonight, don't. <laughs> Let them be. If you start thinking of people, realise it's God saying, stand in the gap. There might even be some Christians in that list as well that just need someone to stand in the gap for them right now because this is a tough time for them or, or something. We don't ever know, do we, really? Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Hallelujah. Come on, team. Let's worship Jesus, but let's take people with us into his presence for the rest of the evening. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.